Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Isley Weekly. It's been a while. It's actually been almost a month exactly. We checked back. Uh, and the last time we spoke to you is literally after the, after the terrible day, the Yom HaShachor, the Black Day on October 7th, on Shemini Atzeret, Simchat Torah. And uh, we've been sort of collecting ourselves. Uh, I know for myself, it's been, a, it's been a quite a hard time. Um, and, and I think we're sort of finding a sense of rhythm, in a sense, trying to find a sense of rhythm, a sense of, of understanding this is going to go on for a while. And so we're back, and uh, we want to talk. Uh, I'm here with Harabani Malibrowski. Hello, Hello Harabani Malibrowski. I mean, just, it's, a, it's a question that no, doesn't have a good answer. I found a few people giving. So actually, yeah. before, well, let me ask, say, well, say hello to Johnny, yeah. Rabbi Johnny. Uh, hello, Rabbi Johnny Sullivan, how are you doing? Uh, I'm doing okay-ish. You know, I think uh, it always comes with that qualifier, and I can give you that as a short answer. I can give you a We're long We're going to get a long answer in a second, uh, so I want to get back to Molly and point out that I've actually made a point. You know, you have meetings and Zooms and, and uh, interactions with different people, and I was trying to make, I try to make a point now, before we even start, you know, there's a normal chit-chat. I try to make a point to ask people, how are you? You know, like here in Israel, how are you is so loaded. Like you see someone in, in Mariv. I, I, you know, I just left Mariv and I saw somebody, you know, and I said, where are your people? Like every, that's really what everybody's mind is on. So, Molly, how yeah, are you? So, yeah, so where are my people? My, my person is, is down south. That's all I'm going to say on here. Um, Doing, doing what his he job. Needs to do. Doing his job. But um, whatever. That's all. If people want to contact me privately, I can give them more information. I'm not going to do it on Zoom. Um, right. Or on a podcast. Oh, right, exactly. broadcast all over the world. Um, so how? So <laughs> in terms of your how are you? I, I feel like nobody knows how to answer that. So I think the best answers I've heard are Kamokulam, which means like everybody else. Um, the other one I liked was Beseder Gamor. I need Beseder Vani Gamor, which means like I'm fine and I'm also yeah. I'm well, also like you know done that's finished. Uh, how am I personally? I think the answer comes down to like, depends on the minute. I'm trying to get through day by day, minute by minute, hour by hour, in the smallest increment possible. Right now, it's dark outside. And, you know, um, have, you know I, I'd like my son to check in. Um, my daughter is not home yet for, you know. Wait, is your so son I don't able want to, to say anything on the, have, the he, I'm not saying he, anything on the interwebs. No, can he communicate with you? I'm just asking, are you in communication? But I will say that there are times that I'm more stressed and there are times that I'm less stressed. So um, it's not rational right this second, but it's dark and it's night, and we all get scared when it gets dark at night. So my stomach is clenching. Um, so this is a moment, you know, from zero to ten, which is, you know, closer to, you know, it's a dip rather than a valley. I don't know, it's a valley rather than a high right this second. But that's, my, that's I think, what we all are. And you know what? Sometimes it's better. Sometimes it's worse. We're okay. We're okay. Like, I also want to say that because I think that's important, which is, like, we're all trying to hold it together, to be strong, to, to l'shader, to which l'shader? To um, project, broadcast, broadcast strength. I think that's important. I think it's important for our soldiers. I think it's important for ourselves. Um, like we said last time, I think, like we're in, we're, we're in, you know, um, a place of, of negative feelings, but hopefully not despair and brokenness. That's Rad Hashem. We should, we should be in place Rad Hashem. strength. Rav Johnny, now, now I can ask you for real, not to fake how are you, but how are you? How are you and how are your people? Uh... 
my people, my immediate people are okay. They're in places where I know where they're supposed to be. Uh, I and, and where I am, there are ups and downs uh, because both of location, because of the sensations from that location, which means we feel the war, we don't just read about it, uh, because of presence of different types of people uh, and the need to volunteer uh, for real dangers that could arise uh, in in our region. And we're, we're just hitting 30, it's our 31st day after October 7th. And so everyone is trying to realize we can't continue quite in the same way that we've operated for the last month. And so there is this kind of delicate way of trying to find some kind of groove knowing that it's always going to need to move at any given moment, knowing that there is tons of uh, expectations and demands on each of us, uh, and knowing, you know, sirens could ring, uh, booms can happen, calls can be needed to be made at any given second. So we're all on spilkers um, wherever, uh, you know, your nearest and dearest may well be, because all of us are yeah. nearest and dearest in many different ways, and we're all trying to check in on those who are suffering immediately. And t tomorrow is the first Askara I'm going to of, of the many in the coming weeks, and just trying to stand by alongside those uh, who are grieving, but we're all aching. And, um, and that's expressed in a manifold ways in terms of eating and sleeping and thinking and ability to fully concentrate and, and this, that, and the other. So I say okay-ish because I'm sitting here with a roof over my head with the ability to dr drink a warm drink. But I'll actually tell you one quick thing, which sounds so silly, and yet it, it hit me how, how phased I am. You know, you talk about being unfazed, how phased I am. My wife on Thursday night made some kind of chulinch because we're starting to get into winter. It's going to start raining. And I came down early Friday morning and I smelt the sweet smell of warm food. And I started to cry. And it's not because of the food. It's because it represented this idea called home. And there's so many people who are absent of home. And so it wasn't for me. For me, I have. It's for so many who, who are only dreaming of that smell, of that warmth, of that hug of home-cooked food in a place where they feel secure. And it just triggered me. And um, so I say okay-ish because I myself, thank God, and those around me, but we're all trying to be there for others and all trying to feel the pain of others because that's what it means to be a Jew. Okay. Um, I guess I'll ask myself the question. Ruby, how are you? Yeah, how are you? <laughs> we can ask you. Um, so it's interesting. There was a period of, I was okay. I am a very structured person, really very structured around regular tefillah. Like during the first week when they shut down our shul and we had to dive in another place, that was just unbelievably jarring for me. Um, I exercise regularly just to keep myself sane. I call them my sanity runs and Baruch Hashem, they, they work. Um, there was a period of time, I guess maybe two weeks ago, where I really like, it really hit me, and I found it hard to really do anything. Like I didn't, you know, we were working from home. I, I just didn't, ha I, I couldn't do it. I did my best. Um, but now it's really interesting because on the one hand, like for us, interestingly, Johnny, we're not far from you, but for reasons that are really difficult to explain, 
like uh, you know the like obviously the war is around us, but we don't get as many sirens nearly as as many other places. I think Mali and Gush, you get more than we do. Like ironically, mm. I guess it's not not worth it to shoot at us or whatever. So Baruch Hashem, like life is sort of normal. You know, I have my I, like we're back to work. You know, my daughter's back at school. Every, everyone's sort of normal. So at the same time. That in and of itself brings a sort of, I think, Johnny, you alluded to this in your, in your challenge story. I feel guilty about having a, like, you know, doing my normal thing. And so it's sort of adjusting to that and also understanding, and I really believe this, that the country needs us to live our normal lives. Like, we have to function and we need to do the things that we need to do because, you know, because it's really important. That's really what, they're, what, they're, what, what our soldiers are fighting for to a large degree. So like you're sort of caught between our, you know, like th- these these emotions, and and then sometimes uh, it will hit you, you know, like I, I don't like we all have people that we're worried about. My people, Baruch Hashem, don't serve in in, in places that uh, they're an immediate immediate danger that we know of. But you know, everyone has their people, even if they're not your your people, they're still your people that you that you think about or that you're worried about. Interestingly, my my work at Herzog. They, they decided that they wanted to encourage us to do a day of Hitnadvut. So I spent the day in, uh, in Kibbutz uh, Gimzu pruning trees. Oh, like it made me thank God that I went into <laughs> office work and education. You know, chaklaut is hard. I just put it that way. It's like, it's, you know, physical labor is physical labor. We, I don't think we sometimes don't appreciate that. All right. Um, so with that introduction. So I just, I just want to add, so I just want to add one further thing because you referenced uh, school and education. And obviously, people a little bit further south are different to me. But where I am, my younger kids were still in elementary school. They have three days a week of school for three hours, uh. and we have to drive them. And my daughter, who's in an Ulpana, generally sleeps there because there are other people around, shall we say. Uh, she's now sleeping at home, and, and she's not allowed to walk. Meaning, even the simple thing of walking and a little issue of which you just take for granted, everyone does it. Wait, is the open open? Is, of what's the, is, the, is the dorm open, or it's not really? They only just opened it last Sunday, uh. three days ago, and she's because she lives here in the Yishuv, she's now mm. sleeping at home because part of the Ulpana is still taken over by other things. And so uh, the need to be driving people who could be walking, but because of the demands of the time, we've been told not to for various reasons, given uh, our location. It, mean, it means, firstly, kids are at home when they shouldn't be at home, right? And obviously, so the ability to go back to work is just not possible because there's no nine to five yeah. there's like you know nine to yeah. twelve something Johnny, i'll just tell and you, make sure to do I this called the, i called the bank i called the bank the bank's open so i talked to my banker mm. and i hear the kids in the background so i was so we're talking she's like oh, i'm working from home i said where do you live she said i live in ashdod the kids are not there's no school in ashdod like and it like yeah. you know it's so interesting because i was working out listening to the radio and the country is looking for people to go and teach in Eilat and in Yamamelach, the open schools, because tens of thousands of people got, are not in their homes. You know, so you sort of feel like, I felt this like, real pang of like, wait, I'm a trained teacher. May I, should I do that? And I was talking to another coworker, and she's like, no, but your job is really important. You have to do your, your job. It was like, I feel like this, this pang of, am I doing enough? Should I be doing more? Mm. You know, it's really interesting. It's, it's a, it's a yeah. complicated series of emotions that Molly's not going to solve for me. You to solve Go. that issue? That's what we're talking about? Um, but I will say about <laughs> that, 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 first of all, I can very much relate to Johnny. My daughter is also, you know, on a partial schedule 
um, and it, 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 she was on Zoom for a while, um, and it, it was weird. Can we, all, can we all just agree now Zoom school yeah, doesn't no, work? Yeah, no, stupid, at all. yeah. Can we just, sure. like, put um, But also, like, <laughs> even just that, the idea of, like, you know, as you said, walking around in a yeshuv, like, we're, we are, you know, in between Beit Lechem and Hebron, and, you know, I hope that, right. our, you know, our Kitor Kananut, God bless them, and may they keep us safe, but, like, things are scary. It's scary, you know? It's, and again, I'm not, and I'm holding two sides of that. Now, to Ruby, what you said about should I be doing more and whatever, I want you to know everybody's feeling that. Everybody is feeling um, some type of mm. guilt, whether it's, you know, whatever it is. I'm not doing enough. Everybody's feeling that. Um, and I think the answer is what you said, two things. One is, like, remember that what you're doing is actually something real and important, and that, as you said before, it's what the soldiers are fighting for. It's, it, the, whatever it is that you're doing is actually valuable, like, just just living normally. Because it's another thing Hamas did to us. They took away our shigra, right? They, they put us all into shigra and like, it's an, like We think about what they did to us on October 7th, and like, you know, like somebody said to me, they also like threw us all into this limbo that we're all li living in now. And so, you know, you, I think your coworker is right that, you know, doing what you can do is important. And I think we have to find this balance between the, the antidote to feeling helpless is action, right? And so therefore, like in all the trauma, you know, like what to do, how to help people, they're always pushing them, take action, whatever it is that will make you feel better. So I'm, not, I'm, I'm gonna say that, and I'm going to also say that um, f balance that with taking care of yourself, right? So, like, there isn't one right amount of how much I should be doing. I think it's experimental. It's like, what, act what little action can I do? Is this going to be helpful? If it is, I'm going to keep doing it. If it's not, I'm going to pull back. And kind of a little bit of grace and mercy mm -hmm. for, like, figuring out what that is and knowing that even if you don't do anything, it's still enough. So if, if it helps you, go for it. Do something more. But no guilt. Like, no guilt. Just everybody, can we just take the guilt off of ourselves? Just, we, we, we're, all, we're all fighting a war. We're all fighting our individual wars on our individual fronts, in our individual homes, and we're all doing the best we can and, and good for us. Okay. Which is not the topic of this. Yeah. Wow. Well, something you said. Something that. you said yeah. actually um, is really a perfect segue into our main topic. Which, uh, if we put it on the uh, cover of the podcast, the topic is, um, I, I guess we would call them shattered mm -hmm. paradigms. You know that that a lot of things, a lot of ideas, or ideologies, or thought patterns were shattered on October seventh. So one of them. Um, one of them is, is very well known, it, it, you know, like the entire country believed that, you know, we're talking about from a political, not an not a internal political, but a geopolitical perspective, that we, the entire country bought into this thing called harta'a, you know, keeping it quiet. And as long as we keep things quiet, like everything is good, you know, until the next time, and then we mow the lawn a little bit and we just keep it quiet. And everybody, everybody we all bought into it, and we were all wrong. So that, that pattern... That ch paradigm is, pa is is shattered, but I, wa I want to talk about like we're not. I have a I have a new favorite saying. It, it took me a couple of weeks, literally maybe three weeks, to learn this, but once I realized it and really internalized it, it's calmed me down quite a bit. I learned mm -hmm. that I'm not the mm -hmm. Ramatkal, and I'm also not on the war cabinet. So all of my philosophy, you know, worried, are they going to go in? Are they not going to go in? Are they attacking right? Are they not attacking right? I realized all of a sudden, I came to the realization, 
it doesn't matter what I think. Nobody wants to know what I think. Nobody cares what I think. And whether I worried about it, so I really, I just like kind of stopped. They pulled back from it. That's not our issue. It's not my issue to figure out the Ba'adat Chakira of the State of Israel when that comes. But it is my issue to think about, whoa, 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 a second. What about, what paradigms have shifted in my life or in my community? Or maybe even in how I'm going to, in my political perspective and how I'm going to vote. So the first thing, Molly, you said was, like, you're, you're, you're worried when it gets dark, or Johnny's worried when it gets dark about, you know, your daughter walking around at night. And I can't imagine before October 7th you felt that way. So that, n- number one, without a doubt, one paradigm, paradigm that has sort of been shattered is a paradigm of a sense of personal safety and security that has been to some degree lost. Whether it's safety and security in my home, you know, I, in the, because of all, the terrible things that happen to these people, and what would I do in that situation, and what plans do I have Am I putting in place in order for, God forbid, that that were to happen? Just the very idea of that happening, the idea that we're thinking about these things, means something has shifted. And also the idea of, like, no, when, if something happens, the army is going to save us. Like, that's what we always assumed. You know, the army will come, and it will come fast, and it will be there, and it will be ready, and I, I don't need to worry about it on my own. And that, like, that, that for sure fell by the wayside. Uh, and those are things that I think all of us are dealing with in a... In a in, a, in our own way. Um, but I'm also interested, so those are the two that I thought of, but I, I want to throw out a Tajani. We'll go to Johnny, then we'll go to Mali, we'll go in the other order. What are your paradigms, Johnny, that you had thought about? What paradigms have, have shifted for you? And then, I think, uh, after we talk about our own personal ones, then maybe we'll take a little bit of time to talk about some paradigms that didn't shift for us, but maybe have shifted for other people in our communities, and what are the ramifications of those paradigms, if they've shifted at all. All right, Johnny, take it away. Um, I, I, there's no question. A, a paradigm that even if they may hurt a few of us, they won't hurt many of us. That kind of sounds, I know it sounds like a crass description, but it's kind of how we've been living. There have been piguim, individuals have been murdered. It's been horrific. They've stopped us in our track. Those events have led us to nationally mourn, and we've known the names of every one of those people who've been murdered. And then October 7th happened. We weren't just stopped in our tracks. We were paralyzed. I say we. Actually, a lot of people were not paralyzed. They got into cars and went to the south and fought, and some gave up their life. But in terms of our uh, kind of sense of comfort, it, it just made us completely frozen. It chilled us, by the way. That frozen means in two different ways. We felt paralyzed and we felt cold because such evil could be literally in our borders. Such evil, it wasn't just a lone crazy person. This, as they've now proven, and in that morning, by the way, the numbers were 50 to 100 people. We now know we're talking about about 3,000 people who came into our border. And it's chilled that sense of confidence, sometimes even overconfidence about the day-to-day protection of the people. Now, I want to make it clear. I think how IDF are outstanding. I also know mistakes were made. And my job is not to do any of that analysis. What I do know, though, is that shattered a paradigm because that amount of people were able to do that amount of harm to that amount of victims in those ways that it scared the life out of us, right? And we're still 
that story of the Chulant wasn't just about home, it was also, I was still cold, freezing, from that evil in our midst, and that smell of warm just took a bit of it away, just for a brief moment. So that's a shattered paradigm, undoubtedly. Uh, I'm not somebody who has often sought to see or sought to build walls between different ideological communities, but those who have those paradigms have been absolutely shattered in a good way. The sense that we are one people, uh, no matter whom, uh, has been very, very firmly through great tragedy um, affirmed. Obviously, the question is, how do we do that when not in such tough times? That shattered paradigm that we are one people um, and we feel each other's pain um, well, maybe, is, see, is Johnny, felt. did you feel, we had talked about this, did you feel that the mm. paradigm is that we are, I think the paradigm was that we are not one Yeah, people. that's what Johnny meant. And that was a mistake in, uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I mean that, that's what some people were, were strongly feeling up to until October 6th or whatever you want to call it. And then October 7th came along and we were reminded, I mean, this is a, a meme that's gone around. One thing we've learned is the world doesn't care about us as much as we thought. We care about each other a lot more than we realized. And we do. We care about each other a lot more than we realized. We care about each other no matter of ideology or political persuasion, no matter of sexuality, no matter of religious practice. We care about each other. We cared about each other and we cried when a single person was found after that party. We cared about each other when we found out about the loss of an individual. We care about each other. And in fact, going back to Mali, we feel guilty that we can't give all of those families the kind of hugs that we would have done as it was in previous occasions where a fewer numbers of people were victims of terror. So that's a second paradigm. I would say just one further thing, because I know that you want to nudge the conversation somewhat towards religious Zionism, which in many ways is oxymoronic, because I, I, I don't see us as being a separate community. I see it as being ideological identity within a, a whole range of identities which overlap. But notwithstanding that, and because of the title of our podcast, I'll address it, because as I say, I know that's something you, you wish to explore. What I've found is, within religious Zionism, you know, we often think about its various contributions in terms of halakha, kind of finding interesting solutions to things, and sometimes in terms of politics, in terms of what it stands for when it comes to uh, the ballot, but also in terms of ideology. Uh, I've seen almost no, I mean, there's micro-debates, by the way, even within my yeshuv, no real debate about halakha, right? Pikach nefesh, we go and save lives, end of conversation. It wasn't that hard a discussion in terms of how we need to act um, to save lives and how we need to act in order to show dignity to the lives that are lost. In terms of politics, um, there's been remorse expressed by some politicians. And though, of course, there's still political games being debated, it's a lot, lot less about ideology. It's about pragmatically what's right. And sometimes there are going to be political debates or debates where the Ramat Kal has one idea and politicians may well be pressurized to have other ideas. I acknowledge that, I respect that, but it's not so much about religious ideologies. What I would say, though, is that so much of the, the, the country have seen a swell in their faith and, and some of the thought leaders, especially within the religious Zionist community, although not limited to them. And obviously, as I say, I don't draw such 
harsh distinctions, but so many of those thought leaders have realized actually their greatest weapon, weapon when it comes down to ideas is machshava, is giving a sense of understanding of one's place and the role in the world and the place of faith in terms of moving on, especially during tough times. And at, that kind of makes you realize maybe those within the Datidomi world, maybe we've been overemphasizing certain things because, and we've discussed this so many times in this podcast, the real value added, the real thing that people are searching for or are in need for, especially in times like this, is a sense of meaning, a sense of purpose. And some of the most eloquent voices who have given us comfort, especially in, those, in their times of, of pain, we've spoken about Rav Granot and others, they come from that world. And uh, it's, that's not so much a smash paradigm, but it's an internal realization of where our next steps should be, what our greatest contributions are. So those are just three things. I'm sure there's more, but uh, I don't want to uh, take over the conversation. Okay, thank you. Molly, um, okay, what, so what do you got? I think um, just paradigms that have been shifted. I think when you talk about, as you said correctly, this shaken, you know, the concept of harta'a, right? This idea that Hamas Mortad that was completely blown up that leaves us all with a sense of um, um, existential insecurity. Um, but I think with that also came a shattered paradigm that goes back to the idea that, you know, maybe we're thinking about, I think for a lot of people, maybe we're thinking about this whole, um, um, this whole conflict all wrong, right? Like, we, what we want, what they want, right? And again, I don't want to get too political, but I think, I think it's just a fact on the ground. Like I was just listening to Barry Weiss who said, my whole life I believed you give them land, um, we'll get peace. She said, we gave them land, where's the peace, right? So like, the, 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 like this whole paradigm about how... To Wait, Molly, did you believe okay, that? So, did you so believe that was that? not a personal paradigm, but why did Meaning, I mention it now? Right, for our right, community. But I mention it now because I think it's important to mention that because I think when you're talking about shattered communal paradigms, right, I think that you can't talk about the shattered paradigm that like, you know, oh, Harta is wrong without also talking about the shattered paradigm that maybe, you know, there's so much deeper that's wrong there. That's, that's why I'm raising that, right? Because it, it, you're leaving it in a place that, that feels to me very like bleak, you know, like, and so I'm saying, ironically, what I'm saying is it, it doesn't have to be so bleak and I'll tell you what, what I mean by that. Um, I, think, I, think, I think Johnny's right in terms of, I don't know if any personal paradigms were, were, were broken for me except maybe that one. Um, Really, I really don't think so. Um, maybe, I, I'll, I'll tell you what, what, what I think has emerged for me as the strongest, you know, kind of like when Johnny said, what do the people want now? What, what are we asking for? And because of this shift in paradigm, we're like, the things we thought were important, like, seems so irrelevant. Like, after October 7th, like, who, like, it's, when people think back to what we were arguing about on October 6th, what we were arguing about on Yom Kippur, which is so much before Simchas Torah, it all just seems so, like, so ancient history. It's like there's a, there's a gaping chasm between then and now. 
And so that's a giant paradigm shift that we're all in together, right? We're all the entire country. So when you say, what's well, my personal paradigm shift, I'm part of the country, right? Betochani, Ami Anuchi Yoshevet. So like I'm in this. See, it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah, I'm going to interrupt you just to yeah. illustrate that. Yesterday, we were going to wherever, like my, my you know, and it turns out that we, we ordered ice cream for, from a place that it turns out didn't have a tuuda, so we didn't want to buy the ice cream. And so the guy screamed, guy said, no, you have to buy the ice cream. I definitely would have argued with him if, it had, if we hadn't been in a right. war. But I was like, we're in yeah, a war. But it's not just about the war. Pay the money. I agree with you that it's also about the war. See, but I, that's what I'm saying to you. I think no, it is. I think it's a... Because it, we're going we're gonna to go okay. back to arguing Maybe. about... But, oh, but I hope that we do it. So that's the big question for me, right? Because what people want now, and I think somebody said this, and I thought it was so well said, we want two things. Achdut v'nitzachon. That's what the country wants right now. And I think in a, in a, in a nutshell... Exactly. We understand exactly. how I think that's, what I think that's also the paradigm shift. And I think, uh, again, like this whole idea that like our internal strife made us weak is so true. I think that, that, that was a paradigm shift for me because I really didn't... I thought, no, no, we're fighting. We've fought before. We'll fight again. I, I didn't think it was time to worry yet. And Rav Tamir Granot, who I, I sent you guys, he spoke after, he spoke uh, publicly on the radio. He lost his son on one of the first couple of days in the war on the uh, Lebanon border. And he said there were so many voices that the majority of the voices were not in that place of, of, of the extreme battles. But for whatever reason, we'd let those extreme voices take over. And the way he described it is like, and, and the Satan was dancing, right? And like, it, it weakened us. We know that it weakened us politically. We know that like Hamas and, and our enemies really believed when we said things like, you know, people aren't gonna show up or just, you know, when, whatever. I'm not trying to point one figure or the other. Same as when, you know, whatever, a member of the government says, we're letting Hamas, like we're arguing over Shtuyot, we're letting our enemies be strong and, and, and nobody takes that seriously. So it's not one side or other of the political divide, but when we let ourselves be weak, our enemies saw that on a, on a literally like Derech Ateva level and, and it was part of the reason why this happened. And then there's, I think we, as religious Jews, we do believe that like, you know, it's not good when Am Yisrael are divided. It's not good, and we all know that. And every, the whole nation knows that, and the whole nation is thirsting, thirsting for achdut. They're thirsting for unification, and you see it everywhere. And the minute people start to like um, enter into these, there are people, there are people who are trying to, you know, for whatever reason, you know, picket scabs. And other people are like, just stop, just stop, not now, not now. We, that's like you. It's like you and the. That's what I think your response was was in that store. Like, not now. Now people just want achdut. And I think the, the piece about the nitzachon is also important. This piece of like, as you said, have talia. Like, we need to hold each other strong, because. Because we, because we need that strength. Our soldiers need us to be united behind them. Uh, our, our army, which I think picked itself up, dusted itself off, and, and, and marched into the breach. And so many stories of heroism, as, as Johnny said individually, but I think even as like a larger mm -hmm. army, I, I agree with you, Ruby, thank God I'm not the Ramat Kal, but big adol, you know, they do, do seem to have like pulled themselves together and, and kind of figured it out. They need us, they need we need a sense of, of strength and of, and of um, resilience 
we need that now. And the two things are connected. And, and therefore, to me, it's like the call for, right, it, it doesn't mean we can't disagree with each other, right? But I would say, I would say first of all, right now, right, I, I think you're right, we are in a time of war, so the timing does matter. And what I pray is that even when this timing changes, and I don't know how we get to here, I don't know how we do it. I think people who have greater amuna just believe that it will be. Like, just because this was such a dramatic shift, it will just hold over. I, I daven that that's true. I don't know that it will. I would like to, I would like to figure out how we can keep that achdut in the future. How can we keep, how can we learn how to... Oh, so that, that's, yeah. that's my so, question so for you. So there's no answer, we, except, except I, mean, I, I, I want to say, I think if we say now, right, if we say now, if we stand up now, you remember we had our strong front, uh, soft front, strong back conversation a couple of weeks ago. I think if we stand up now and say the same thing, right, which is we can all have strong backs, we can all have strong opinions that we're not going to give up on, right, and that we're, we're going to believe in, um, but we're also going to have soft fronts and that means that we're going to learn how to communicate more kindly. It means we're going to learn, as you just did, Les Fog Elbone, because I'll pay you for your ice cream. It's not that big de- a big a deal. I'll let that one go. Right? If we all uh, listen to you, that's another thing I think the country learned. When you talk about paradigm shifts, I think like for the religious people to see the Chilonim who were protesting every night at Kaplan running into the breach to save lives right? and, and risking their lives for the country, was really important for the non-religious people to see Chilonim. There's now a Chiloni army brigade that just, they just said, we want to serve. And they just went through this emergency reserve uh, Haredim. You mean Haredim. Sorry, we'll talk Haredim. about that in a second. To watch the Haredim, first of all, you know, doing the Malachat Kodesh that they always do of the Zaka and the whatever, but beyond, and, and, and the volunteering which they always do. But beyond that, literally volunteering to join the army, I think was super important. And I think for the whole country to see the religious Zionist community, um, it, as Johnny said, like this this spirit of 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 um, willingness to fight and sacrifice and 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 the idealism, I think everybody needed to see everybody else, and we all needed to really see each other. And I hope, I really hope that mm. that we can keep seeing that in the future. And that's why I do think when you say, "How do we do it?" It's like. I am going to stand up every time somebody says something divisive right now. I'm going to say, it's not the time. Can we talk differently? Like, I do think we, we have an a ethical responsibility to do that, right? To, like, already now try to shift the way in which we communicate and to shift the way in which we dialogue and, and, and to, like, call it out when we see people, I mean, nicely and with respect, when we see people talking in ways that we don't think are helpful, to say, like, wait, can we rephrase this a little bit? Or, can, you know, and it's, it's a struggle because how do you call something out without yourself adding to, the, adding to the divisiveness? But that's why, like, for me, this image of, like, strong back, soft front. Like, I'm not, I'm, no one's asking me not to have a strong back, and I'm not asking you not to have a strong back. But can we all just have softer fronts now and hopefully, you know, continue? Like, if we practice it now, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll keep it going. I, 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 I dive in that we can I hear what you're saying that maybe, maybe, and I, I don't think this is the point of that I wanted to get to in the conversation per se, because it's a larger conversation, but I, I, actually mm-hmm. I want to leave it. I, I don't know. How, I've no, I don't think anybody knows this is like not the time to talk about it. Like after what's going to be after, we're talking about paradigm shifts. And, and I think right now we're in the middle of one. I'm not sure it's a paradigm shift. That's my, that was my point. 
I don't think I ever thought that we were divided people. I, I really didn't. And I used to say, you know, at least privately, I say we're divided until our enemies remind us that we're one people. I mean, it's just a, it's a, it's the history of Am Israel, to be honest with you. Anybody, anyone who's a student of history knows that. You know, we, we're divided until our enemies remind us that we're one people, for better or for worse. And lo aleinu, the more divided we are, the, the more our enemies remind us. And, and it's a very it's a very sobering thought. It just you know, I don't want to talk about what's going to be and how we maintain it. I, I think that. Uh, that is been, it has been a... But it's, there has been a national has, paradigm it shift. It has not been a paradigm shift. I don't, I don't think shift. you're right. It's not a paradigm shift. But I shift. think it's been an, an right. awakening. You know? it's, there has been a, a national awakening. I do think that that's true. I think there's been a national... I don't I know. Do. I really don't I think know. people... I don't I, I, so I'll give, I'll no, give no, you an no, example. I, I, go ahead. Sorry. No, no. Yeah, Johnny. I'll give you an example just from this morning. I, I, not only have I not shared anything amusing for the last month, I've not thought anything amusing you know we've all been in very very serious mode apart from the black humor that that does occur once in a while in the giggles in the mamad between family which we know is healthy by the way and yet this morning i shared a reel and it made me laugh and i shared it and then afterwards i wondered why and now through this conversation just listening to you both you've broken it it was it was a reel of about a minute or so mm -hmm. of Kobi of andaldos singing a song to a group of mostly secular uh, soldiers, right? He's a funny guy. And what was the song about? It was a parody about the way in which religious look at secular and secular look at religious. And how come it was funny? Firstly, because each are making fun of each other. And he's a kind of guy who can do that. And there's no negativity. Yeah. Now, if he would have played that song six weeks ago, people would have said, what are you doing? What are you trying to say? Right? And he'd be the same guy, by the way, because he is still the same guy. But the reaction would have been, what are you trying to say that Chilonim don't think that or religious people think that? But the fact is, we know each other. We know that sometimes when bad things happen, people wish to say a curse word and other people respond in different ways. And that's what it means to be part of a family. And so the reason why it made me giggle was precisely because it's true. And once you've gone through a hard time like that and you're reminded of our familiarity of this wider thing called the Jewish people, we can laugh at each other, with, not because we are trying to be unkind, precisely because yeah, we love that. each other. Yeah. And so, I, well, all I can I, tell you, Johnny, when I'm, thinking, and I realized, yeah. oh, Johnny, when I'm thinking about that, one it? second, one second, is Hanan ben already wrote a song about that called Wikipedia. And everybody loved the song, and it was so nice. Everyone liked, you know, stereotypes and... No, but, the, but that's the point. But that's what I'm saying. That's what Rav Tamir was saying. 80% of the country was already in this place, right? But mm -hmm. something mm -hmm. still shifted. Something, maybe, maybe it was the 80% saying enough, enough, yeah, right? And I want to give another example, like Johnny's, which is... What do you mean, mean had I, enough? How because, do you know? Because, you think, be, I'll tell you why. Yeah, point? I do. I think we're in a turning point. And Johnny's, that's an example. Like, No, before the war. Not the war. Before, before the, the war, Hasatan Chagag, as Rav Tamir said. We were we literally allowed there to be like, Sinas Chinam Anyam Kippur. Do you know what I'm saying? Okay, again, and Because the 80% of Okay, say, you're right. Maybe it other, other than, Molly, other than external factors. Because the I, war, it, for all its Okay, I don't know what brought it about. You're right. Unfortunately... No, no, that's not my asking. What changed? I'm asking, so I'm saying... What internally so maybe what changed? Internally, okay, not so maybe the external what internally factors. changed was... 
I don't know whether it's the 80... Okay, I'll give you my example, then you can tell me what you think, right? Eretz Nehederet, which is a left... And I'm not going to talk about the thing you think I'm going to talk about. They're a left-wing satire show. They are hysterical. They put out two hysterical um, videos that I want everybody to see, the one about the BBC and the one about Columbia University. But that's not the one I want to talk about. The thing that I love that they put out, they had a, 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 a person... You know, a chayala calling for the people to get on the bus, right? Okay, everybody on the bus. And she goes, okay, I want to check that everybody's here, right? Um, Anarchistim, which are the big left, check. Bibistim, check, right? People who support Bibi. Mishichistim, right? Religious fanatics, check. Yisrael HaRishona, check, right? The first Israel, right? Um, Yisrael HaShniya, check. I mean, it's much funnier than I'm saying it because she goes through literally all the stereotypes and then they all get on the bus and she's like, yalla, here we go, right? Eretz Nehederet, would not have put that out before the war. That's not, that's not their mindset, right? They're, they're not, that's not who they are. But I'm telling you, something, you can be cynical, Ruby, but I, I really... No, I don't think I'm being cynical. I, I'm, I'm, I'm expressing concern because things, because there's two possibilities, like, nor, like think of us like weeble wobbles, right? We all have our base of ideologies and understandings of the world. And in general, my general belief is huge cataclysmic events don't make change. They, sh- they shatter us, they shake us, they force us to like weeble wobble up and down. But in, in the end, we come back to our base, our base of knowledge, our base of understanding, our basic beliefs. In okay, the end, here, we do. it was so, so In huge. order to, so, 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 my, so my, my, not my concern, my question is, how like yes, this was so jarring. Like I think, okay. I think it's like a, a student of like I think about Eliyahu Bahara Carmel, right? Yeah, They're all screaming, Hashem Elokim, Hashem Elokim, and what do we read in the next parak? Okay, read, so like, what's the know, answer? So let's go with Eliyahu, day, right? Let's go with Eliyahu. How do like Hashem told Eliyahu? Forty days later, how do you do it? Lo beish Hashem, right? Velo beruach Hashem, velo berash Hashem. Hashem is bekold mamadaka, and I think my. My answer Whoa. to you is really that, and this I will give credit where credit is due. Dave Rubin said this, okay, because he's a right-wing commentator. I think I even said this in the last podcast, but because it, it struck me so powerfully, right? Because he said, you know, for a person who doesn't I listen to podcasts, yeah, not podcasts, I watch them on YouTube. But basically, he said, and it's true. Like another one of the the, the, the concepts that was shaken was like. It doesn't matter. At the end of the day, you are a Jew and you have a target on your back, and that freaks has freaked out a lot of Jews all over the world, right? That's another, you know, shattered paradigm. The whole, you know, okay, so I I want to come back to that. We'll come back to that. But wait, I I wanted to say what I wanted to say, right? Which is so, Dave Rubin was talking about that because he, he, you know, was talking about shattered paradigms and he was like, so many people are, their their political paradigms were shattered. He's like, now, I, don't, I don't expect one phone call from one person who's going to call me up and say, you were right and I was wrong. It's never going to happen, and I'm not going to wait for it, right? And so I think that, like, it, I, you know, we're talking about for us as religious Zionists, I think we need to be in that place of, like, I don't need giant declarations of, like, see who was right and who was wrong. At the end of the day, you are a Jew, and that's the most important thing. Leave all of that aside and just... Just be kind and just be loving and just represent Avodat um, Hashem and what it means to be a Jew and what it means to be a proud Israeli and what it means to be a, a um, compassionate, um, 
A builder yeah, of bridges. No, a compassionate religious person. I don't, I'm not talking about building bridges. I'm just saying, be who you are with ni'imut, with, 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 um, with, with sovlanut. Just be that, and that, that's, that's the Elisha paradigm. Right? Eliyahu wanted to do it with fire and brimstone, which is what we were trying to do for the past year. We're going to push through this reform. We're not going to let this reform happen. They're, but they, they've oppressed us for so long, and this is a, enough. It doesn't work. Aish and Rash don't work. You know what works? Maim, Elisha. Heal, pour, put the thing in the troubled waters. That's, that's the answer, right? When Eliyahu couldn't hear it, Hashem said to him, when he couldn't hear the cold Mataka, Hashem said, Eliyahu, it's time for you to retire. I need to bring in somebody else, right? And he brought in Elisha, who was Johnny. water. And I think that's, like, I feel like through this conversation, you've helped me come to my answer. We all need to turn into water. And that means we don't criticize others, we only criticize ourselves. And when it comes to other people, we just pour love. That's my answer. Johnny, you want to say something? Sorry. Okay, so, so, so I'll just briefly mention, I agree, the big dramatic events will, will, knock us down, but sometimes we can find ourselves standing in the same place as we were beforehand. But it goes back to what you both were saying. It's actually the small deeds. I'll give you three very quick small deeds, which I, I've witnessed or involved with. Um, uh, deed number one, I, I think I mentioned the last time we recorded, I can't remember if this was before or after, I think it was after, that I went to visit a number of shiver houses. Well, the first uh, sky is tomorrow. I'm going tomorrow, three o'clock to Daskala Zlata Kosovsky, uh, and I'm going to be mourning alongside Pavel and Galina, her parents. Now, Pavel and Galina, you know, when I came into them sitting shiva, wearing my tzitzot outside, they were like, who are you? Um, but within a moment, we became family, because I was able to give him a hug, my wife, her a hug, and say, we're with you in your time of anguish. That isn't what the enemies are doing. The enemies may have murdered their daughter, but I chose to go there, and it's a small deed. I'll tell you two further things. We've had previously uh, some soldiers staying in our Yishuv. The amount of goodness that have been done here is unbelievable, and I know it's happened elsewhere. But remember, all those soldiers come with different backgrounds. And in this case, you know, families, religious people, in the middle of the day, just bringing non-stop food or anything else for that matter. It's those deeds which you don't have to do. That's not the command, it's just a request. And I'll tell you one further thing. I've been in guard duty in different times of day, including on Shabbat. So twice I've, been, I've done guard duty on Shabbat, and sometimes um, soldiers had to leave. Some of them are religious, some have not. And we have to open a gate, and there's a kind of arrangement, but uh, on occasion that's what needs to be done. But they see me as a religious guy, and they say, don't worry, you know, we'll try and deal with that. I said, are you kidding me? If you need to leave, I'll, of course I'm going to open yep. the gate for you. Right? I Meaning, their concern Sorry, I'm just going to say something. My son is calling me, so Shabbat. I'm going to just mute myself. Okay. Take it. Yehuda? You take it right Hello? Now. Hi. Their concern uh, yeah, my Shabbat. No, no, I'm just in the middle of a podcast. Is such a powerful gesture Sorry. of showing um, understanding and showing sensitivity. I'm not saying that wouldn't have happened a month ago. But the very fact that you're seeing it right now, even when, again, it's not, a qu it's not even a, a question whether I can do what I need to do to make them sure they leave and, and um, perform duties for our defense. But that sensitivity really speaks volumes about the closeness which has increased over the last month. So our enemies have hurt us. And yes, Rabbi Sachs, I quoted him just a couple of days ago about how we sometimes come together from uh, the, the outside. 
And our task is to figure out ways to do it from the inside. But we're doing it. And our task is to continue to do it. Which is why going to the Shiva is good, but going to Askarot is even more important a month later to show that you've not forgotten. Which is why giving food now is great, but in, in the future it's still important. And which is now showing that sensitivity about Shabbat observance or any other observance for that matter. That needs to continue. So we need to basically, and I've been doing a lot of writing, and part of it has been to bear witness, not just to bad, but also to good. So we remember these times. So we don't forget there were such times. So we can repeat the good that's being done. And we can try and relive the achdut that's being felt. I think that's a good place to stop. Uh, I, I think you're right. I think that it's definitely something to think about. My, I think my biggest worry, really my biggest worry, is that we'll forget. That we'll, that we'll, um, we'll go through this and however long it takes. And um, I don't think there's an easy answer. I think that Molly's correct. I think that, um, that it's going to be something that we have to remember. I, I just, like every time Molly said, oh, you have to focus on the cult of Madaka, there are so many powerful forces in the world that work against that, that, that push us in the direction of, and, 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 and those are the ones that I, that I, I truly, truly worry about, because that's what pushed us to the brink before this terrible event really brought us all together. And uh, I, I don't think, I think Molly's right. I don't think there's an answer per se, but I think the awareness is something that, that I think we as a community, and like Molly and in terms of bridge building, but I think, yes, that's our, that's our primary role. And really to be a community that, un, that lives in the Chiloni world, that interacts with the Chiloni world, understands the Torani world, understands even the Haredi world, and tries to find some ways of bringing them together, tries to be some part of the glue, and we definitely forgot that, I think to a large degree, uh, trying to be the glue for both sides. And like you said, but not just as, as ideologically, but also um, methodologically. I don't, I don't know how to say it, but in tone and in, in mm. texture and in the way that we speak. Okay, there's more to talk about. I think that uh, the topic of anti-Semitism and the challenges that our friends around the world are facing is something that deserves a much longer Real discussion. Challenges. And yeah. so we'll leave it for next time. Can I just say one thing? Because uh, I, I missed the last thing you yeah, said. Go ahead. Because, yeah. No, we're wrapping it up. My we, son just called me. So fine. I just want to say this in this chus of the religious Zionist community and our soldiers. Okay, I'm going to get emotional right now because, okay, I'm freaking out right now, but okay. Um, somebody said on one of these reports, he's like, the religious Zionist population is 10% of the population. Their draft numbers are 90, I think he said 98%, right, that, that go into the army. 50% of the ktsinim, of the, of the um, officers, are from the religious Zionist population. So I, I'm just saying that because, I'm not saying that to like tune our own horns and say how awesome we are, but I am a little bit saying that because I think along with being able to critique ourselves and to fix ourselves and to figure out the ways in which we need to be better, I think we also need to be proud of ourselves. And I'm saying that because I want, I, like, I want us to, I, I want Kodesh Baruch Hu to hear the schut of Am Yisrael, right? I, I, I think, I think, I think we, we, we should also be, be saying to Kodesh Baruch Hu, like it makes me think of like Rav Levi Yitzchak Miberdichev, right? Who was always saying like, he was always finding, always being Malami Yitzchus and Kal Yisrael, right? And saying, look how good your people are. So, so mm. let's say that also, and let's end with that. Like, look 
look at look at look at our community. Look at all the communities. Look at all the good. And please, please, just protect our soldiers wherever they are. Keep them safe, um, and and help us win this this just war. And I, and I want to say that too because I think it's really important. Like this is a just mm. war. There is not a war that is more just than this. And and our soldiers need to feel that because they are they are risking their lives for this. So so let's. Let's let's come together around that as well. I think that's that's really important and it's just thing I needed to say right now. So. Okay, we'll stop here. We appreciate it. Pray for all of our soldiers' well-being wherever they may be. I want to thank all of our listeners. Thank Rabbi Malibrovsky, Rabbi Johnny Salomon, and hopefully we'll be back um, in in a week. We'll see. Okay. Have a great week, everybody. <laughs>